Today's story is about a problem solver. She's a fixer, and she's also a revolutionary. I'm not talking Lady Godiva riding through a square, protesting taxes while she's naked on a horse. I'm talking about someone who takes a fine line in walking the difference between today's money and tomorrow's tech future. She's an entrepreneur and the starter of a company called FinTech Growth Strategies. She won Advisory Firm of the Year last year in 2019 in Canada, and this is her story. Welcome to Sip and Own Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety, fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections, but great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories. Hi, my name is Rose McInerney, and today we are sipping on a really big word. That word is freedom. It means different things to each of us, but Sue Breton's story today will help you to take a few really good sips of it, maybe even a gulp. But before we celebrate Sue and have her on the show, I have a special drink for her. Well, maybe it's for me too. If you're a coffee lover out there, <laughs> you're totally going to know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's the everyday people drink. It's what we line up for sometimes in the morning just to get our fix of java. It's what gets me started every day. And in fact, if you ask my husband, don't even talk to me before I've had my coffee. Truly, I might bite your head off. I'm sort of kidding, but I'm actually not. Um, and that's why I love what we've got today in the way of what's called freedom coffee. It's kind of cool when you think about it to know that there's a coffee company out there that called themselves Freedom Coffee. It actually tastes really great. And what I love about this company, and I'm not doing a paid advertisement or anything for them because I, I like to try different coffees and, um, you know, and sort of enjoy the subtle taste differences. But what I like about this one is the fact that they support law enforcers and first responders by giving some of their profits to them. Um, I think that's a really great thing when we we put business together with supporting causes. So I really like that about the coffee. Um, I also love coffee for one very big reason, and it's a woman in history. Her name was Melita Benz, and this is a great story that most people don't know. In 1851, she decided that she couldn't stand looking at the, you know how you get those little kernels, or not kernels, but just those blobs of grind sometimes in your coffee when it goes through the machine. She couldn't stand it. So she started working on a filter to get rid of those coffee grinds. And it started with something as, as kind of ridiculous or simple as tearing a page from her son's scrapbook from school, his notebook. And she used that as the first filter. And gradually over the course of many years, actually, she developed the first coffee filter. And if you don't know this woman's name, Melita, and associate it with coffee, it could be that maybe I'm just dating myself, but uh, she is the reason why we've got those filters in our coffee. So I, I love this story. She and her husband went on to develop uh, coffee of their own, to have a huge factory in Germany and to employ thousands of people. And she actually brought in 
um, you know, the, the profit sharing model as well to share in the wealth. So this was an unusual woman and a lot like Sue Breton today. When you hear her story, you're going to agree with me. So I'm going to raise a mug of coffee today in honor of Sue, business, tech, and inventors. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into the show now. He's going to have to work out all the kinks afterwards because <laughs> honestly, I am such a loosey goosey with this. I love, it. I love for, it. You know, for me, it's about the conversation. I love like cheers, by the way, to your cheers. coffee. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at your cup. It's a Shiro cup. All right. I love it. Mine is, you know, a gratuitous Starbucks one, but I love collecting them when I travel oh, me too. around the world. Do you too? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. All right. Well, um, I am so grateful. Thank you, Sue, for spending some time. I want to welcome you and introduce you. This is Sue Breton. We are in the Sipping on Stories Lounge, I'm calling it. And uh, we're going to have just some great conversation today about you. I'm calling the fixer, the problem solver, and the oh, revolutionary God. woman, because I... <laughs> Surely, I know you're laughing, um, and I've got a great story that I share in the intro about Melita Benz as a coffee mm. maker and how she invented the filter, the coffee yeah. filter. Huh. So this is nice. kind of perfect, and people don't realize like all the kick-ass things that women do. So um, I'm excited to share your story and just have a little conversation. I know we're probably on a pretty tight timeline. Are we going to... 20 minutes. Do you have 20 minutes in here with me? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's just jump right in and start from the beginning with you a little bit. And um, we've written about you on womanscape.com. That'll be coming out shortly. But I want to talk a little bit about how you, you're almost like an accidental techie. <laughs> um, you know, um, you got your start in a really serendipitous way, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, could you share a little bit about how you fell into the tech field and fintech? Yeah, sure. I, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I was, I, I was just going to say, I was watching, have you watched, um, uh, Becoming? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Watching that and something made me um, pull out my iPad and open up my notes and start to try and figure out what my history was to where I got to today. And I actually realized a couple of things. One is I've actually been working for 29 years straight, mm. which is why I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I hear you. Um, and I think, you know, when I look back, my... Um, when I was 16 and I graduated high school when I was 17. So I was a bit early. Um, when I was 16, my, uh, my uncle and my grandfather died in about the same month. And, uh, I was the last one at home and my parents were very preoccupied and it was not, I would say a great, you know, one of those things that happens when you're, you know, in the teenage years and, you know, my parents, hopefully they don't mind. They were not necessarily having, the best time of things. And I, I kind of was left to my own devices and really didn't have a plan or a path um, at all. And uh, kind of took my summer job, which was working 
you know, at a resort and turned it into what I thought would be what I wanted to do with my life. And, and, um, and what I loved about it was, you know, uh, you know, I got my degree and my degree was in, you know, commerce, um, not, not in, you know, working at resorts, but my career started to kind of go through that, um, that, um, you know, in the early days working at hotels and restaurants and things like that, it's how I met my husband. It's how I, you know, learned how to, um, listen to customers and, but there was something missing and, um, it just wasn't, it wasn't complex enough. Um, my dad worked for, for Xerox and a couple of other companies, all of his career. And I was surrounded by, you know, kind of his presence was just in my life and my growing up was so influential. I think, I think that is sort of how I ended up becoming, um, more interested in something more complex around solving customer problems. And, and, um, and, and I was working with, um, uh, Xerox, or I was actually working at a hotel at the time. And, uh, I, uh, the, the president or not the, the, the local, you know, sort of business leader was right. moving from Toronto to Winnipeg That's and, um, and I had sort of, you know, broken some rules, which is another, you know, good thing, thing. <laughs> like, like to do and put him and his family up in this president's suite right. and got, you know, they had a couple of dogs and, you know, two kids and I got them all set up so that their weekend moving into, you know, this new city, um, you know, like baskets of goodies and dog toys and things like that. And he invited me to come see him after that and offered me a job. And I think that, and all of my clients were insurance companies like, you know, Great West Life and Investors Group and others. So that was kind of my starting story. It's definitely accidental with some maybe, you know, um, a grand plan in the background, plan in the background. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, well, I like that about your story too. And I think it's true. What you're saying is, is really true. We kind of are the sum of all those little pieces and parts, some of which we're aware of that shape us. Um, I think when people pass away, there's something about that too. And Mm -hmm. you, you really kind of, you know, just saying you sip on a little bit of what they meant to you and lies, they shape you. And and then the jobs you have, obviously you were in customer service and that's, I'm sure served you really well. I mean, you're everything about, you know, FinTech growth strategies, your company is about customer driven, isn't it? It's, it's value. It is. It's actually really, I mean, it's true. It's really about what customers want. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, as companies, we all need to, you know, make money and, you know, um, uh, provide a, a, a needed service. And, but at the end of the day, we have, I think, to listen to our customers always, mm-hmm. because they'll tell you what they want. And right. if you are, if you're able to listen, you won't, and, and not get, I mean, this is going to be a completely you know, ridiculous <laughs> statement, but not be totally motivated by what your shareholders are asking of you or what your bottom line needs to be. 
because at, that's the point when you start worrying about that more than worrying about what your customers want. That's the point where you start going down the path of potentially no return. Right. 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 And, and so, and yeah. I, I hear you. I think it is a fine line. I, I know you've got a tagline that speaks to that. You know, the idea of, you know, sort of the money, figuring out the money today, but walking in tomorrow's tech. Um, yeah. Anyone in business, honestly, I think you're speaking from the heart and that that's probably why you were FinTech Advisory Company of the Year last year. So <laughs> no, seriously, hats off to you. Um, you know, and I'm not going to say doing it as a woman, even though I'm proud of oh. that checklist. Yeah. Because we'll get to that. I think the challenges around that are unique. But yeah. the fact that you see customer uh, value organically from where you've come from and you've built that into the business model, it drives the business model. You're conscious of the money part that, yeah, you know, your doors are going to close if you're not making money. Mm -hmm. But if you're offering something real, people are, they're going to patron you. Yeah. You're going yeah. to serve, serve them. But, but I, I think, you know, I know for me when in first meeting you, Sue, um, you know, you know, I was so impressed. I had heard so many amazing, um, descriptions about, um, just the way that you approach business and how humble You're and kind really you are. And I think the fact that you bring this to FinTech, I'm sorry, <laughs> there's just kind of an interesting irony in this because, yeah. I'm going to ask you to, to put in layman's terms what fintech means, because I think a lot of people are going to go, oh, that's great. She's an entrepreneur, head of a company. She's won awards and she's like a rule breaker. But what the hell is fintech? So yeah, yeah. Um, maybe maybe tell us what what that is first and and um, and how the value chain thing happens in here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, OK. So um, I'm going to take you back to the first week that we were all sent to work from home yeah. in the pandemic. Okay. And um, some of us maybe, you know, uh, had a full fridge and some of us didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, none of us really knew what was going on, but we knew we needed, we needed to get some groceries, right? And, um, you know, the big, the long lineups at the stores and the, you know, a lot of people turned to uh, Google, to, went online, tried to find, um, you know, use, uh, you know, the various, what they call them click and collect, right? I'm going to click all the things I want on, an, on a grocery store right. online shop, and then um, I can either go pick it up or have someone like Instacart deliver it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, um, that was not, you know, they were overloaded, right? Um, and so other options started to come to the forefront. Um, and I was just speaking about this, uh, a company called Corner Shop and Corner Shop is a, another, uh, version of, you know, um, an Instacart delivery platform. Okay. And so back to the layman's terms, you want to buy something mm -hmm. and you can't go in the store and hand somebody cash and get it, right. you want to buy it online, that, that uh, your ability to do that is the technology right. that enables that financial transaction, okay. right? Yeah. And the reason why it's so such a big deal now is 
we all now need to really be careful and think about what we want to, you know, how, how, how much risk we're willing to take <clears throat> in this right. pandemic. And the more that we can do on our phones and online um, and even just, you know, by phone, right. the, uh, the, the more, the better. And all of that is enabled by a technology solution. Right. And that's what fintech is. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that. I'm spending money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm using technology to do it. Yeah. And I want to know, I guess the value chain around that too is, is it safe? Yeah. Uh, do I risk somebody coming in, you know, someone that's trolling and, and going to take my, my financial information? Yeah. Um, and then I guess, you know, all the things around the service model of doing it fast, efficiently, cost-effective, all those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I do believe that, um, uh, we need to give people choices and we need to help them understand the, the risks associated with those choices. Right. But I think we need to do, we need to do that and then leave it up to them. And again, that's probably a bit of a, you know, a, uh, uh, motherhood kind of statement, but, um, I, I, I think we're living in a world now, and I think this is especially true in Canada, which is unfortunate and that, you know, people think Canadians are risk averse, right? And they, right. they think that we, you know, we trust our financial institutions and, and mm -hmm. you know, we trust our big companies. And at the end of the day, I, you, you know, you can only be um, uh, aware of, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, opportunities to use other solutions and the benefits or, yeah. you know, possibilities those bring. Um, if if there's a way to become aware of them and right. when you've right. got a, you know, and so I, I think that, um, like, I really believe that there's always a better way. I love that. That's what I was going to just drive home there. And I love that not just the better way, but the idea of freedom of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with COVID right now, we're acutely aware of our lack of freedom to be mobile in the ways that we used to be. Yeah, absolutely. To to sit and eat together in the ways that we used to. The the some of the former things are gone. And to your point, business is online harder and faster and stronger than ever. So mm -hmm. having new entrants into the market or people that are going to maybe disrupt is a good yeah. segue word. Um, disrupt the current models um, is really advantageous for all of us. Um, yeah. and that's kind of a really um fun segue into your, is it pronounced this way? Disrupticons? Disrupticons? Oh. <laughs> because you've got a podcast. I yes. love this. Yeah. Yeah. You're a yeah, we've got a podcast. It's really fun. Um, I, I, uh, I don't take it very seriously. I don't, uh, you know, I think that it is a, a conversation and it's not, it's not really scripted and, you know, it, we're not trying to, you know, it's not hard hitting news, but I think what um, people like about it is, you know, we're, we're, we don't have any agenda and we're just mm -hmm. having a conversation and some of them are with really, you know, all of them are with really fantastic, smart, you know, talented people that have something to say. And I, I, I mean, I think we're going to see more and more and more and more of this, of that, of, yeah. you know, 
it's uh, it's a way for us all to you know kind of satisfy that need to learn and connect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. connect. And and I think, you know, I mean, I love story. I've taken kind of a strange route myself in life. And mm. for me, story is about um, there's something entertaining that happens when you um, hear something really good or you mm-hmm. listen to someone's story and they're doing something really cool um, or really different or they're breaking the rules. We all like mm-hmm. that. I think secretly mm-hmm. we do. Um, and then I think there's something about the learning aspect and maybe with all the big news that is pushed down, we're so sick and tired of COVID. We're tired, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and they're all important conversations to have, but this is pretty, this is pretty great, I think. And it's yeah. the best we can do right now to stay connected as well in a meaningful way. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I love this about you, Sue. I love that tagline <laughs> that there's always a better way um, in both business and in life. Um, and I want to tap into just dip our toe into the life part for you because mm-hmm. you come from um, a very male bastion, shall we say, um, sort of <laughs> banking and finance. It's male dominant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, to whatever extent you're comfortable, can you share a quick little, um, you know, why you're here now with your own company and doing what you're doing? Was there something in there that was both a challenge and like a, whoo, I'm out of here. Yeah. 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 It's, um, uh, I'm going to, not that I'm, (laughs) not that I'm tearing up or anything. Okay. Well, that would be good. That makes for good entertainment when people cry. (laughs) Um, no, you know what? I mean, I could, I could, I, I feel like I'm finally at a stage, you know, I started my company five years ago and I'm finally at a stage now where I'm not either, you know, wanting to, you know, shout from the rooftops or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just sort of harbor a whole bunch of, um, resentment. I think, I, I mean, I, so I spent this, this meandering career that I had, uh, was predominantly working for technology companies and, um, I guess my customer, uh, you know, service orientation landed me mostly in sales roles or business development, and then ultimately yeah. creating product, but for customers. Um, and I worked for some fantastic companies and, but I, all, there was always a, you know, sort of, um, an undertone, uh, that I think I was more resilient to when I was younger around the fact that I was female and, um, you know, I mean, I worked when I worked at the four seasons, which is one of my first jobs, we were not allowed to wear pants. Right. Think back to those days. Yeah. Wow. 30, 30 years ago. So, um, and I still remember a boss asking me why I wasn't wearing nylons went because my legs were bare. That was a couple of years later. Yeah. But, um, but that was a different time. I think in the last you know, in the 10 years before I started, um, FGS, it was probably my worst 10 years of my career, not, not financially, not anything else, but but my worst 10 years in terms of my own development, my, um, you know, health and wellness, um, my, um, happiness and, 
And, you know, I mean, if you look at that 10 years, I, I, you know, was promoted and I was um, working in, you know, gradually more and more challenging roles. Um, but that, that honestly was, was um, the time when I really started feeling the difference between, you know, how women were treated and how men were treated right um within a professional environment and you know i think every company suffers from this i mean i don't think it's a it wasn't specific to you know if you go to my linkedin and look at my you know last two companies um you know at the end of the day i don't think there's anything unique about that right but um but i what it did to me was it sort of destroyed my confidence and and i i lost myself yeah. I lost my, you know, why do I do what I do? Yeah. You know, what's my reason for getting out of bed in the morning? Um, and it's amazing. I think there, you know, we see lots of examples of, and I'll just say without saying anything, you know, too sensitive, yeah. I will say that almost all of it came down to this growing abuse of power mm-hmm. between, you know, the people I worked for and myself and right. this, you know, at the same time as that power grew, my confidence fell. And so that, you know, and there's something in there that, you know, that is this dependency. Um, You know, you wonder why women put up with certain things. Well, because either, you know, they think that they're not good enough or because- They need the job. Yeah, you gotta pay the mortgage. I mean, my husband stayed home with the kids. I didn't have a choice. And so um, there was a reason why I finally left. But when I started FGS, I think maybe, you know, and this comes from the people in my life, my husband, who's just been like the most incredible, supportive. I mean, I, I often say to him, you know, he knows more about my company and the people I work with than I do because he actually listens when I talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, uh, I, I somehow found a tiny little bit of confidence to start this company. Yeah. And then had just amazing people throughout, you know, the, the, the first couple of years um, help me rebuild my, my confidence. And, and, you know, like it's, it's a shame that it was, it, it happened. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm beyond it, but it, um, it shouldn't have to be that way, you know? And honestly, thank God it happened. I I, I know. Honestly, I see this little like cross thing, you know, that you're describing that path where there's a trajectory going up because we're not talking. I mean, you were high up within the companies that you worked for, let's be honest. And yet the higher you climbed, the more this eroded your sense of maybe self-worth yeah. and value, that confidence. So you yeah. have a, a point there where, and I love this, I know we've talked a little bit before, um, where you said, you know what, I, I don't have to take this. You're, you're a fixer. You're a fixer. Yeah. You can't fix you. Yeah, well, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they tell you that you're supposed to put the oxygen mask on yourself and whoever does that, right? (laughs) And jump out of the plane. No, you do. And then you jump, (laughs) then you jump, which is what you did. Yeah. 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 It's interesting too, how much after the fact, my 
I have three children and, um, right. uh, you know, m- my oldest is married and my, my middle son is, you know, um, in the middle of building a career in the armed forces and who knows what he'll do with his life. He's, he's engaged. And then my youngest is 19 and mm. they're, um, you know, they don't realize what they've, um, taught me since mm-hmm. I left that, you know, period of my life around the things that I was doing that hurt them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, we, we, we bring home all of this stress and, um, and the unhappiness and it affects our relationships. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that is a huge, huge reason why I am so passionate about, you know, hanging on to this company or, or this path in my life yeah. and not going backwards. Cause I, I mean, maybe I was never meant to be in a big corporate environment. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just don't, I don't have the, uh, I don't think any of us should put up with any kind of mm-hmm. bad treatment, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I, the interview is about you. It's not about me, but <laughs> I did dip my toe in the insurance world after I graduated from U of T and uh, I lasted three months. Yeah. And I, I saw the people in the mailroom knew more than the supervisors that were asking me, you know, and when you graduate with a degree, they put you in and they think, you know, more and you may have experience, but you know what experience is uh, school. It's academic. It's not life. Yeah. Um, so I was green. And for me to be telling people, I just right away knew that wasn't the fit for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but this is what I love about you that you're unafraid to continue to change and you have, you know, self-reflection and there's no hierarchy and, you know, uh, your company is, is very much about each individual bringing their own thing to the table that your model of leadership is very, um, it's around mm. innovation and valuing thought. Um, I don't know. You've got five. I think you've got five values yeah. that I, maybe you can you can recite for people because this to me is like the perfect company value system. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Seriously, I really mean it. Um, yeah. You know, I've been through so many um, big corporate projects, and all all respect to the strategy firms out there who help you figure out, you know, your mission, vision, and values. But right. I don't think that I spent more than five minutes on it. Um, it just, and it's really run true uh, all the way along as we've kind of hit bumps in the road, we go back to it. And, uh, and you know, my, uh, my business partner, so my husband and I, my husband now works in the company. He's our chief culture officer, Amazing. Uh, which is a perfect role for him because um, he just makes it his, you know, business to look after people right. and make sure that they got a, they have everything that they need. But my my business partner, who has just been made president of the company, um, and I'm CEO, is 24 years old. And wow, yeah, and he's a superstar. And um, and but he, so you know, I don't know that he would. You know, I can imagine him with his friends, and he's got you know very wide <laughs> group of friends talking about the values of the company and they probably would like laugh at them, but yeah. um, our values are kindness, mm-hmm. um, honesty, respect, yeah. professionalism, and entrepreneurism. And, um, you know, all of them come to my consciousness 
on a weekly basis. Like I, and, and um, I know when, when we've been talking before, you asked me about my tattoos. So, oh, you know, thank God you're going to share. I was like, <laughs> can I talk about that on this? But they're so authentic and this is, you know, this, so I want you to talk about this because to me, they are the metaphor for everything in the value chain and the freedom and the breaking the rules and everything that we need from business leaders and we need from our politicians and everyone else in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, so, so this is my freedom tattoo. I don't know if you can see that. Yes. Yes. So, I can. Perfect. So it says Perfect. freedom and there's a bluebird there. And that was, um, you know, the, the purpose of this was to actually keep me grounded and sticking to my path when yes. I started the company, because all of a sudden, and why, why would this not happen? I mean, you know, it was happening a lot for the last 10 years. I started to experience, you know, men in my circles who were telling me that I was less than them. I didn't have, you know, anything intelligent to say, I should be more respectful of them. I mean, all very, you know, not all men are like this, by the way. No, um, no, <laughs> that's not no. What I'm right. but, but I think that there's, you know, to me, there's a way that you can be honest and you can be respectful mm-hmm. and you can be kind mm-hmm. and you don't, whether you're male or female in the way that you communicate, yeah. um, that that is something that I think generally would make us all happier human beings. I mean, and I think you can do that and also create and run a company. And so I tattooed freedom to remind me of that. And it's amazing how often I catch a glimpse of this one out of my, the corner of my eye. Yeah. And then, and then the other one was when I had a few bumps, I had like along the way with the company, I had people tell me, well, you can't be kind kind people don't succeed. You know, you have to be tough. I still have actually a couple of really important people in my, um, uh, that have helped me, um, who challenged this. And I keep saying, if, if kindness can't be part of it, then I don't want it. Oh, and, for you. and so I tattooed this. So oh. it's a, it's a heart and then it's got a, an arm. Yeah around it. And it was just a symbol for me that, you know, I think, I think kindness is something that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, showing, showing understanding, um, being kind in the way that you, even if it's bad news, you can still be kind. I mean, your, your job is to, you know, my job is to make sure that my employees get paid and do good work. And, Mm -hmm. but I don't have to be a jackass about it. I can be <laughs> kind, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I just feel like, I don't know. Yeah, it's important. It's, Honestly, it, it, it is. is. And, and when we hear leaders talk about it and make it accessible, yeah, it's kind of, it can become contagious. And, you know, yesterday's, oh, this is a sign of weakness can be tomorrow's. This is a leadership strength. Yeah, so, yeah you're, you know, just keep breaking the rules. I can't wait to see what the next tattoo is. 
Um, you know, I know you're a crazy busy woman. I have this little two things in the takeaway, you know, your advice to, to people. Um, I think it's already sort of, um, you know, plotted throughout our discussion here about those, those values and, uh, just something about the idea of not being afraid to make the change. I think, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And I mean, believe in yourself. I think, yeah. You know, I think there is, um, in order for you to make the change, you've got to actually have the belief that you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, even if it's, even if it's just a, you know, a small amount, like use, right. use that little nugget to help you, you know, kind of, I, yeah. and I would just say like, you know, as much as you possibly can, if, if you're in an environment where you're not, where you don't, I mean, we're not superhuman, we can't change people, right. You know, then go find a place that is more, um, aligned to your values, but believe in yourself, you know, believe that you have good ideas, believe that you have something, you know, to offer, um, that, that Mm -hmm. whether it's personally or professionally. Yeah. If, if you don't value yourself and your own ideas, then yeah. no one else is going to, um, yeah. Yeah. So I love this, uh, before we go, if I said, Hey Sue, uh, you're happiest when, when are you happiest? One <laughs> place you have to be, uh, you know, uh, I would like to be happiest, um, chilling, reading a book, but that has never been me. Um, <laughs> okay. I think I'm happiest when I'm solving, solving problems. Some problems. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm, I, uh, I really enjoy doing that. I, I would rather not do it because I'm in, you know, like the, I'm in flight mode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, gotcha. like, I don't want to be like, you know, um, running away from something, right. but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I get right now, I would say there's been maybe in the five, last five years, I can count on one hand how many times I haven't looked forward to getting out of bed to, you know, working with um, the team and our clients and meeting people like you who, I mean, you know, I, uh, it was, you know, somewhat of an accident. It was. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you actually even reached out to me was pretty humbling and amazing and, you know, this is just kind of what makes the world go around. So, oh, no. man, you are my, no, no, it's quite the opposite. So, and, and you know what, um, Sue, I, I hope that people will go in and listen to your podcast because, you know, just dis- disrupt the cons is it might, it might just remember the disrupt part. And I yeah. think we're, we're embracing the disrupt part and for people not to shy away from this topic because yeah it's the reality of the new world. And I think you are the perfect ambassador for truly for, for dismantling some of the, um, some of the things that can be kind of scary around tech and around finance. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thank you for that. I, and I love what you're doing. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that you, uh, think that I, you know, am interesting (laughs) enough to, (laughs) 
You rock, Sue. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, go and uh, keep revolting and changing. I will. And fixing. And it's been an incredible pleasure to talk to you. Thanks you so too. much. Yeah, you I really too. appreciate it. All right. Have a great <laughs> time and we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye, Sue. Wow. All right. Where to begin with that one? Um, Sue is an incredible leader. You heard her humility, um, you know, the freedom, the tattoos. Um, she's just the perfect example of probably what all of us are going to have to do now. I'm thinking about COVID, about the um, struggle right now, and the fact that we're having great conversations about racism. Um, we are talking about the economic gap and the disparity. Um, she's the kind of leader I want to see who um, looks at things with fresh eyes. Um, I hope we're going to do that in the world. The takeaway for me that I hope Sue brings to you in that conversation that we had today is how important it is to never be afraid to change what you think, how you see the world, to be open to it, and also to um, look at life as a value-driven opportunity. Um, she is truly an ambassador for that. Um, you know, if I can say anything at all, um, we are the masters of our own lives. We are the fixers. We are the people that are going to solve the problem. And definitely we need each other to help along the way. But the more that we turn inside and reflect, I mean, you heard her talk about her kids. I've got three girls myself, um, you know, and our third one maybe was a little bit like Sue. She kind of saw the two older ones uh, doing what they were doing. And she was smart to uh, sort of piggyback off that and not maybe sometimes work too hard. She just understood and she reflected and um, she's very much the entrepreneur herself now. But I think that our kids teach us lessons. Um, our lessons come in unexpected places. Uh, I could talk with Sue forever. The coffee would probably turn to a glass of wine and maybe another glass of wine. Uh, but uh, again, Sue is the real, the real deal, the real deal. So I cannot wait to have more conversations with um, women and men like Sue in our Sipping on Stories lounge. So thank you so much, everyone. Um, I hope you like what you heard today. Uh, I've got three things for you to take away, and I scribbled a couple of notes. The first one is to hit subscribe if you like the story that you heard. Give us a five-star rating, and that'll encourage other people to listen, too. And also visit our Sipping on Stories website and our womanscape.com website. That is our sister company that tells stories like Sue and Game Changers, people that are leading positivity uh, you know, they're leading with light and positivity in the world and they're changing things up. Um, subscribe to Sue. Let's support her podcast. Learn a little bit more. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we want you to enjoy life. We want you to live it well. We want you to make every sip of your story count. All of these stories matter. Know that you're loved, that we care about you, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Whatever you've got on the docket today, really hope you make it a great one. Take care. Bye-bye.